Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the Watt. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. See, I'm I'm splitting the baby on this one. Is that a saying? I'm not aware of this. That's story. one I've not heard it's, of that. You're 41 years old and you've never heard of the saying splitting the baby. No. When the public school system has failed you yet again. Here we are. Week 10. Joint Mega Picks Podcast PFTPM. Chris Sims Unbuttoned presented by Under Armour. Split the baby and it worked. I split the baby and it worked. Kind right. of. I picked the Broncos to cover the Cowboys to win. So I was a little bit I, – I would have picked the Broncos to win if I thought Dak Prescott wasn't going to play. Dak Prescott played and the Broncos won. It just shows you how crazy things were last week. Last week was upside down. Last week was an embarrassment. You did make up ground on me in two of the primary categories, straight up. Oh, that's just – take that graphic down. Four and ten against the spread. I fucking suck. Yes. Yep. Sorry. I, I Sorry, concur, Kristen, doctor. You've got to scrub that language out. I concur. I fucking suck. How could anybody have been Sorry. that good last week? I mean, that was a crazy week in the NFL. I, I can't imagine that anybody had, like, you know, a great record at any stand, at any point. And, um, you know, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure I'll split the baby a few times this week. We'll see. I don't know. And- I still have never heard that saying, and I certainly didn't teach it in school in New Jersey. Uh, so I, I explained to you last week what it is. It's, it's biblical Solomon, is what it sounds like. Baby. It's biblical. Yes. And there is a Seinfeld episode. That's right. Thank you. Pete, right. Where Newman serves as Solomon when it comes to a bike that is of disputed ownership between Elaine and Kramer. And the same thing plays out where Newman decides that the bike should be cut in half. Right. Right. I don't do and, biblical. Uh, so yeah. sorry. That's yeah. why I don't no, know either. No. I mean, uh, apparently you know that now, but I, I don't do that. No. <laughs> Jesus right. didn't smoke enough weed for your liking, apparently. <laughs> he looked like it. Looked like oh, looks, it kind of looked like it. Looks, looks like it. We don't know that. We can, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> let's, let's, let's not uh, judge him. He might have been cool and done that. <laughs> drank a lot of wine. <laughs> I did. mean, come on, man. Yeah. You know? Come on. He was, uh, <laughs> hell, he created wine from water. Right. So. Maybe he turned grass into, into greater grass. grass. Right. I got, Damn, that sounds like a Jesus move to me. I like that guy. Right. I like him a lot. Right. <laughs> Maybe he didn't actually walk on water. Maybe he just thought he was, uh, you know, given the properties of the substance that Chris may have tonight. Okay. And we, we're, we're just, we look, I think now that we've blasphemed, and uh, engaged in all sorts of sacrilegious impropriety. I am a lifelong Catholic, and I went to Catholic school for 12 years, and I feel guilty about everything, and I feel guilty about having a little fun, although I think Jesus would appreciate. You know, I, th- I think 
That's fun banter. I think God has a sense of humor. I, I would Just hope so. Just look around. Yeah. Just look around. <laughs> I think he has a pretty good sense of humor. All right, right let's get into it. Uh, yeah. I, I have one specific reason why I think God has a sense of humor, but I won't. I, I probably shouldn't mention why. Um, it's, it's, it's not nearly as good as you would think. Let's just move on. Thursday okay. night football. Thursday night football. Thursday night football. The Ravens at the Dolphins. Seven and a half point favorites are the Baltimore Ravens with an over-under of 46 and a half. 87% of the spread money is on the Ravens laying 7.5. Chris... Who do you like in this one? Well, I do like the Ravens. Um, I, I'm going to say I'm going 24-17 Ravens, though. You know, I, I, you know, again, we've seen the Ravens sputter in a lot of games this year. Games where we go, well, they're the Ravens. They should win. They should dominate. I mean, just like last week, they were down big, you know, to start the second half. So, uh, again, I don't – I'm still – I know the Ravens are good – they have the it factor. You know, you've mentioned it a lot. They just have a belief in winning, and they got Lamar Jackson. I'm still not sure how great of a football team they are, but there is a magic about them. There's no doubt about that. I think what I look at more than anything is I think it's a Dolphins defense that can match up with the Ravens a little bit. Dolphins got some big people up front, think they can slow down the run game, play the Lamar Jackson run game the right way. You know, you heard me say, hey, the Ravens' pass offense is getting better. Lamar's been great. I still don't look at it as to be the most creative thing in the world. And I think that, you know, that New england staff they got down there in Miami is going to be able to break that down, let alone they got some corners I think that can match up a little bit with the Baltimore Ravens receivers and at least slow down that attack. You know, the Ravens, as you've heard me say a lot, are not a great running football team. Lamar Jackson is great at running. The Lamar Jackson element is good, and then, of course, his scrambles are good. But the traditional hand-the-ball-to-the-running-back part is not is less than this year. So I look at it that, and then, you know, the other thing, hey, I, I think the Ravens, of course, are going to be able to slow down the Dolphins, um, but the Ravens give up plays in the pass game every week. And I know this isn't a great passing offense, and the Dolphins don't have a run game to really threaten you, but I just think they'll they'll move the ball, and I think they'll keep this game competitive. So... Am I splitting the baby right off the bat here? Is that what I'm? Yes, you are. Doing? Yes, damn. Yes, you are. Sorry, baby. Yes, Half use gun. So, yeah, baby. Uh, sorry, <laughs> we'll try to put you back together over the course of the remainder of the program. I, I think that the Ravens will cover. I think that the Ravens prime time, big spot. John Harbaugh reminding them very aggressively and loudly that they did lose at home to the Chargers. They almost lost at home to the Vikings. This is an opportunity for them to reestablish themselves, to reassert themselves as one of the best teams in the AFC. And the Dolphins are a team that is just not as good as the Baltimore Ravens on either side of the ball. I think the Ravens are the better team, and the Dolphins have only won two wins. They've lost a lot of games. And just because they beat the Texans, big freaking deal. The Dolphins beat the Texans. I'm not buying that. Yeah. I think the Dolphins, yeah, whether it's Tua Tagovailoa or Jacoby Brissett or somebody else, I don't think it's going to matter. I think the Ravens show up in prime time, get the win. I bet the crowd at Miami is going to be heavy Ravens yeah. and maybe not many people there at all on a Thursday night. Who the hell is going to go to a game on a Thursday night to watch a pathetic Dolphins team unless you're a Ravens fan? And, and that's entirely possible. But uh, I like the Ravens in this one, thirty-four to thirteen. Yeah. Okay. I I hear you. I mean, listen. I it's hard to. This is this is a. I'm going with a little gut. I'm going a little like the Brian Flores. You know, seats hot. Chatter has talked. You know, or there's that talk there. 
You know, they're. I know they got nothing to play for. They're not going to get in the playoffs. But damn, it goes on your gravestone these wins and losses. And I, I'm just going to play that they got a, a game plan and are a little motivated. So we're going opposite ends of the spectrum there. I, I, I'm interested to see how it goes goes and plays out. I am influenced by the fact that the first etching on the Brian Flores coaching gravestone is 59 to 10. The last time that these two teams got together in this stadium week one of the 2019 season. That's influencing me as well. One o'clock Eastern on Sunday, the Atlanta Falcons surprisingly four and four. The Cowboys surprisingly losing at home to the Broncos. We're down 30 to nothing at one point. Cowboys eight point favorites over under is 54 and a half. Highest over under the week. And the Cowboys opened as 10 point favorites. But people like the Falcons. People believe in Matt Ryan and company. The line has moved two points in Atlanta's direction. Who do you like? Well, I, I mean, I like the Dallas Cowboys, but I mean, for the second time in a row, I'm going to be splitting the baby here again. I'm going Cowboys 34-27, but, uh, you know, uh, I, I think, you know, again, I expect the Cowboys offense to have their way, but I think the Atlanta offense has enough to it scheme-wise, the way that Matt Ryan is playing and, you know, the Pitts, the Cordero Patterson, I think they're going to find ways to get open against the Dallas defense. Dallas, as we saw last week, they like to play man-to-man. And when they play man-to-man, there's some opportunities to make some big plays. There is. And I just think that the Atlanta offense will have enough there to take advantage of that, let alone I think they have a few weapons to be able to take advantage of the Dallas corners in some man-to-man situations and be able to move the ball and have some success there. So I guess I'm a little like the public. You know, I, I could see Atlanta, you know, standing toe-to-toe. They've had the right approach on the offensive side of the ball every week. To me, it's just going to be, does their defense get bludgeoned? Can they hang in there and give their offense the chance? I'm going to say yes this week, that they can hang in there just enough, and that's why I'm going to go Cowboys 34-27. Yeah, I've got 34-20, one fewer touchdown for the Atlanta Falcons. I'm impressed with what they did last week, but this is going to be a fully focused, fully motivated, fully determined Cowboys team that has to win this game because they've got the Chiefs in Kansas City coming up next, a battle of the two Dallas franchises of the AFL and NFL. The Chiefs were once upon a time the Dallas Texans, and then the Raiders on Thanksgiving. They need to show themselves and everyone else that last week was an aberration. So I think they've been coached hard this week. I think the veteran leadership woke everyone up. Last week, they were all complacent. They believed the press clippings. And I think this week, they come out and they take care of business. And also, Dak Prescott, another week to get back. Yeah, that's right. He wasn't even on the injury report on Wednesday. So I've got 34-20. Cowboys cover. Dan Quinn. No baby splitting for me, at least not yet. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's like the coaching staff now in Atlanta could give a crap about Dan Quinn, the right. front office. And why, I mean, why would they be mad at Dan Quinn? No, Dan Quinn is the right. one who and, – and he knows the personnel. He doesn't know the scheme under Arthur Smith, but he knows the personnel, and that could help design something, get his guys ready to defend against Matt Ryan, his tendencies, his tells, whatever there may be, that he can help them get ready for it. He doesn't know anything about Kyle Pitts, but he definitely knows Matt Ryan. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. I think that, you know, there is definitely going to be a psychological element that plays into the Cowboys' favor here. I do. But, hey, you know, for whatever, Atlanta's been a pain in the butt. You know, and Arthur Smith, I I think, manages games the right way, too, where I just every week, like last week was the perfect example. I mean, they did a lot of good things to upset the Saints. You know, they're not as talented as the Saints, but it was the right approach. 
you know, again, I don't expect them to win, but I think they hang around. All right, uh, we move on to the next game. This one's surprisingly intriguing because of what the Jaguars did to the Bills last Sunday, winning 9-6. to six. Jags at Indianapolis. The Colts are 10-point favorites with an over-under of 47.5. If I haven't mentioned it already, all of these odds come from our friends at PointsBet Sportsbook. Chris, who do you like in this one? Well, I, I like the Colts, of course. Um, I have it right on the dot here as far as 30-20, to 20, so I'm going to change that and make it 31-20 to 20 Colts. All right? Um, you know, the... The Buffalo Bill. First off, Jacksonville's offense, it's it's not special. We know that. I mean, it's good. It's nothing special. It's not even good. It's just average. It's NFL average. That's where they are. Now, the Colts' defense over the last few weeks, they got me thinking a little bit. You know, I don't know how good they are. I mean, you know, again, I, I sit there last week and go, it looked like it was going to be a blowout. To all of a sudden, I was like, are are they going to let the Jets get into a one score game here? And, I mean, they just totally fell apart. You know, so that's a little scary to me. That's in the back of my mind. But I, I just don't have enough faith in that Jaguars offense quite yet. And, you know, even though it was a great performance last week and by the Jaguars defense, I, I think what I really look at is like, well, yeah, it, it's, you know, it played into their hands. First off, Josh Allen had a tough day. And you don't have to worry about the run game at all when you play the, the Buffalo Bills. Well, that's not the case with the Indianapolis Colts. They got a lot. Their scheme is more diverse, and they have more to offer than the Buffalo Bills' offense. I know that might sound crazy to say. Yeah, they don't have Josh Allen, and they don't have Stephon Diggs, but I think there's still more to defend as a complete offense, and that's where I think ultimately you know the Colts win this game and pull away. Jags been playing tough, yes, um, but but I just don't think they can match the the firepower or at least the offense uh, the Colts have to offer. And the Colts have to be feeling pretty good about themselves, although they'd be feeling even better if the Titans had lost to the Rams last week. They're in the mix for a wild card berth. I think 10 is a little bit much. I am going to split the baby on this one. I've got the Colts. I was going to do 23-20, but I'll go 27-20. The Jaguars cover 10 points too much. Uh, I think the game stays close, or maybe even there's a backdoor cover by the Jaguars because we did see the Colts get a little sloppy last week after they had put the Jets away and let the Jets back into the game. But uh, I, I'm, I'm influenced by the possibility that the Jaguars have found something defensively and they carry some confidence into this one that may not be there. I'll be very disappointed if they look like they did the last time they went on the road to Seattle and were down 24 nothing with two minutes left in the game. Cleveland Browns. At New England Patriots, two-and-a-half-point favorites are the Patriots with an over-under of 45.5. The Browns got a big win in Cincinnati last week. The Patriots have won three in a row and are looking pretty good. We talked earlier on PFT Live about the importance of the run game to right. both of these teams. Right. Who runs away with the win? Yeah, I know. That, that to me, is what it's going to come down to. And, I, and I, I say that on both sides of the football. You know, first off, you know, no Nick Chubb. That's huge. Kareem Hunt doesn't sound like he's going to be going in this football game. The Patriots defense been playing phenomenal football. The Patriots defense, for my money, is one of the best defenses in football. Cleveland statistically on defense up there as far as one of the best defenses in football. And let me just check that to be specific. They're the number three defense in the game right now. But do I think they're the number three defense in the game? No, I don't. I think they got a lot of talent. They have the potential to be legitimately 
the number three defense, a top defense in the league. But I, I don't know that yet. I haven't seen enough to know. You know, last week I know they won 41-16. to The Bengals marched the ball up and down the field a lot and just kind of screwed the game up. Interception, not 100-yard return. You know, you know, drive the ball down again. Joe Burrow misses a throw on fourth down. You know, drive the ball down again. Jamar Chase fumbles. I mean, they kind of were their own worst enemy there. So I don't know what to think of the Browns' defense. I don't. They've had a very favorable schedule to, you know, make their defense look good when you play the Texans, the Bears, you know, the Vikings, the Broncos, the Steelers, all those teams. Yeah, they whooped up on them. But when a team has a little balance and stuff, I don't know, as in, or just some firepower or scheme or whatever. And their defense was not a top three defense against the Cardinals, the Chargers, or the Chiefs. You know, so that's where I lean Pats in this one. I, you know, the, the Browns defense is a speed defense. And I think the Patriots are going to be able to run the ball. I think the Browns are a little too predictable on what they do on the defensive side of the ball. And nor are they playing that scheme, you know, to perfection quite yet. You know, so they have a potential to be really great. But I think they're still learning it. There's young guys. You know, they make plays. But I don't think they're going to do that. I don't think New England's going to shoot themselves in the foot. And I, and I think on the other side of the ball, the way and how big New England's front is right now, I think they'll be able to slow down the run game. And off of that, you know, I, I've always said, I don't think the Cleveland pass game can stand on its own. And especially not against this secondary and this coaching staff. I'm going Pats 24-20. I've got the exact same score, and it's already in the document. You can see it there. It is not a copycat move by me. 24-20, Patriots getting better before our eyes, figuring out how to make it work with what they have. Bill Belichick rising. And look, Kevin Stefanski, very good coach, but this is Bill Belichick we're talking about. And when you don't have Nick Chubb, when you don't have Kareem Hunt, I know Dearness Johnson looked really good three weeks ago against the Broncos, but it was the Broncos. These are the Patriots, and I just think it's a different vibe altogether on the road in that building. I'm impressed with what the Browns did last week. I just don't think they can do it two weeks in a row. Prove me wrong if you want to, Cleveland, and I'll admit that I'm wrong. Hell, I'm used to it now after last weekend, but got to pick one, and I like the Patriots in this one, and we like them by the exact same score, Chris. All right. Probably don't need to say much about Bills at Jets. Well, maybe we do. I don't know. You may have some strong thoughts here. Bills are 11-point favorites against the Jets. Mike White is going to play 47.5 point over under. It's the biggest spread of the week at 11 after the Bills lost and scored only six points. Imagine that. They scored six points last week and they're favored by almost twice that amount this week. Do you think they win? Do you think they cover? Well, I'm, I'm stuck here. I got, I got, I, I got, yes, I do think the Bills will win and I got them covering or I got it right on the dot right now I have 27 16 so I got to change that again and I'm going to make it oh I don't know what I want to do here I really don't dun, dun, dun. I know yeah let me talk through it first you're right Pete's got in my ear he said talk through it first well here's what I the Jets defense even I thought was formidable for a good part of the year here but has just totally fallen apart as of late I mean absolutely falling apart so I guess that bothers me but at the same time there's not much to defend with the Bills, as I keep trying to tell everybody. They're not the best offensive football. I don't care that they score the most points. They've scored the most points because the defense has put them in a lot of good spots. And then, of course, they have a quarterback who's a superstar who can make plays that 
really nobody else in the sport can make except for like one or two other guys. So that's led us to believe that there's some high-functioning machine there. They're not. It's Josh Allen, Josh Allen, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs. Josh Allen's the best runner they got. He does everything for them in the run game. And in the pass game, yeah, right now they're, they've lost their groove. People have caught up to them a little bit, and there's nobody to be scared about. They're getting a little bit of the Chiefs treatment right now where it's just like, let's take away the big play and let's see if they can be patient and go down the field and do that. Now, I do think they have the inventory of offense to do that. I've seen that from Brian Dayball. It's a little different than like Kansas City where I go, I've never seen the short passing game for them really to be able to dissect people. I do think Dayball and his years in New England have that. So I think I look at it from that way and then – you know, I, I think they're going to get back to that a little bit this week. And then, hey, the Jets on offense, been a whole lot better. Mike White, yes, I mean, it looked like he was about to get it going there on that second drive after a crappy first drive, but I'm still not sure there. And I know the Bills' defense is good. So I think the more I sit here and think about this, I'm going to have the Bills cover at 28-16, to 16, okay, and do that. Uh, because I, I just I can't get behind a blowout. I got to see it from that Bills offense first, and I think Mike White will be smart enough at least to not turn the ball over or do dumb stuff to try to give his team a chance. And he did get banged up last week. Now he's had a few extra days to recover from it, and he is going to play, but I I just think that – yeah. yeah. What? What? No, I'm not going Jets. No, I see your score here in the sheets, so I see you're going – Yeah, I think – look, I I think that teams that that got surprised last week – their coaches have every reason to be up their butts all week long and get them to show that they are truly ready to compete at a high level. And this is a get-out-your-frustration game for the Buffalo Bills after what happened last week. And Sean McDermott has said this week that it's on him to be more creative offensively. I think what happened last week, Chris, and you probably watched the film, although I don't know if you would have stayed awake. It was so damn boring. But, you know, the Bills... I believe, based on what I saw of the game, thought that that they would just keep yes. going and eventually their right. approach would work. Right. And they never pivoted to what, whatever else may have worked instead. It was just one of these things. These are the Jaguars. They suck. What we want to do eventually is going to prevail, and it never did. No. I think that they've probably realized they need to be a little more flexible in their approach to moving the ball. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. they got to find something else, another element of the offense for sure. That's for sure, and maybe that's where the short passing game comes along right now. And, you know, again, I get into this, you know, with what the Jets do on defense. It's that Seattle scheme. And to me, you know, again, you're just seeing, like, these schemes that, like, this is what we do, they they fall apart as the year goes on because teams just figure it out, and they go, oh, they're too easy to figure out. We can come up with plays, and that does scare me, and I think that's a little bit what's happening with them. So I understand your thought process of going, you know, blowout central here. Uh, I'm going to be interested to see what the Bills got to offer on that side of the ball to get this thing going on the offense. Next up, Lions at the Steelers. Steelers are eight-point favorites coming off the Monday night win where they had a 14-point lead and they blew it but came back and got the victory. 42.5 point over-under, the lowest over-under of the week. Chris, do the Steelers make it five wins in a row? Yeah, they're going to win five wins in a row. Uh, I, I'm, I feel good about that. You know, to cover the spread, I don't know about that. I, I, I don't. You know, first off, Pittsburgh, you know, is is challenged like we've talked about offensively. Now it's Detroit. They're certainly not special on the defensive side of the ball. And the the thing that's encouraging about Pittsburgh is I feel like Big Ben has finally 
grasped the reality of what he is and what they are as a team, and he's playing smart football, throwing the ball when he's got to throw it away, take a sack when he's got to take it a sack, not try to like throw the ball with somebody hanging on him and throw the ball down the field like he used to in the old days. So I guess that's where you know I'm encouraged by them. And then you know I I could see Detroit having the right game plan and approach to give the Pittsburgh Steelers defense some issues or not issues, but you know move the ball, you know control the clock a little bit. But I, I don't know. I don't have enough great confidence in that to think that they're going to do that consistently throughout the game. Uh, so I, I look at this as like kind of an ugly game. I can see it being close. I think it's a game somewhere where the Steelers' defense will get a turnover and give the Steelers a short field or Jared Goff will get strip-sacked, fumbled. I'm going 23-13 Steelers. Um, so you do have them covering. I do have them covering. And I have them Here's my here's some high level analysis, and you will only hear this here, and this is true and complete transparency. On the occasions when I pick a team to upset another team, and that team lets me down by getting blown off the field like the Lions did the last time they played two weeks ago against the Eagles, I hold a grudge. I'm pissed off. I'm pissed at the Lions for making me believe they could beat the Eagles and then crapping the bet. I almost said the other word, but Kristen's already got a scrub out a couple of F-bombs from me. So, uh, look, I think also Mike Tomlin w- was probably not and is not a great guy to be around this week after seeing that 14-point lead evaporate in the fourth quarter. That does not happen in Pittsburgh. He is going to be on his guys. I think his team is clearly better. I don't care that the Lions have had two weeks to get ready. I saw that Dan Campbell, the head coach, said he's going to be more involved in the offense. Some fans are saying, please, please, no. We actually would like to win a game this year. I I think that's unfair. I think Campbell uh, is doing as good of a job as he can. He's doing as good of a job as he can with the crap that he has to work with, all due respect. But this is the... The, the leftovers of past efforts change culture, change culture, change culture. You're constantly churning, changing culture, and you're never going to have the right mix of guys to, to allow you to be instantly successful. Jared Goff should not be the quarterback of that team. I've got 31-17. Steelers win. Steelers cover. And, yes, I'm holding a grudge because the Lions made me look like idiots or an idiot or idiots or whatever by losing so badly to the Eagles in week eight. All right, let's move on to a very intriguing game. This one's a tough one for me. The Saints, who have been very Jekyll and Hyde-ish this year. Dr. Jekyll showed up last week, if that's the bad thing. I think you want Mr. Hyde when you're playing football. I don't think you want Dr. Jekyll out there. You want Mr. Hyde out there creating havoc. They didn't have Mr. Hyde last week. They lost to the Falcons at home. Titans have won five in a row. They're three-point favorites in Nashville, 44-and-a-half over under. Chris, who you got? Well, I think this is a good matchup. I do. You know, I, I think this is one where I look at and, like, you know, I, I see the Tennessee Titans are favored, but I would say upset alert. I'm, a, I'm on, like, a little bit of a, a coin flip here with this football game. I am. You know, I think, first off, I look at – we didn't get any answers to whether or how the Tennessee Titans offense will be able to deliver, you know, without Derrick Henry. The Rams let them off the hook. I don't think the Saints are going to let them off the hook. I don't. You know, and I think with the Saints defense, which I look at as special, is going to be able to stop any kind of run game the Tennessee Titans have. And I think they're very creative on the back end still. And, yeah, the Titans might be able to steal a few things from what the Falcons did last week. But I think the Saints are smart and going to be able to, like, 
you know, combat what was done and have some answers. The Falcons, for everybody out there who didn't want to know what I'm talking about, short passing game, you know, hurry up offense on third down so the Saints couldn't get their crazy calls in and their crazy disguises and do that, simplified them. I think the Saints will have the next move on the checkerboard to combat that. You know, so I look at that. The Titans, you know, the defense, awesome zone defense. I think it's one of the best in football how they pass stuff off. But we got one of the best zone beater, offensive coordinators, head coach in the history of football and Sean Payton. You know, I don't know. I don't look at a lot of, like, upset potential games this week. But this is one of them. And I'm going to ride it. And I'm going to go Saints 23-20 in this one. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I'm going to do it. Wow. Yep. Yeah. You know, I've gone back and forth and back and forth. And now that I know you're taking the Saints, I'm tempted to make my pick the Saints as well. But I'm sticking with my initial gut feeling because I haven't believed in the Titans the way that I should. And this is the flip side of the Lions dynamic. The Titans really made me reconsider what I think of this team after being able to go to L.A. and do what they did defensively to the Rams. Right. And they did it to Matthew Stafford. And all due respect, but Trevor Simeon and or Taysom Hill, not Matthew Stafford. And I know Sean Payton, one of the great play designers, great play callers, great at manipulating a defense. But I just I I, if the Saints win this game, it's going to be be because their defense so overwhelms the Titans and creates field position and or points early and puts the Titans away to the point where they can't recover. Because I think if the Titans get down by 10 points or more, it's over. I don't think they've got the offense to come back. Now watch. They'll go down 14 points and come back and win the game. I, I, I agree so, with you there, though. I think I, right. I think what helped the Titans against the Rams was they got aggressive. They got on top of the Rams and – by then it was over. They they popped the balloon. Um, so I I just think oh, I'm going to regret this one. I can't. I, I'm sticking with the Titans. Twenty four. All right. Good. Let's make yeah. it interesting. It's a tough we don't one. disagree on any outcomes yet, so we should at least disagree on one. Titans twenty four twenty is mine, and uh, we'll see how it goes. Last game in the one o'clock window: Buccaneers at the Washington Football Team. Both teams coming off of bye weeks. The Bucks nine point favorites. 51 and a half over under Chris, who you got? Yeah, well, I'm going Bucks here, 35-20. You know, again, the, the Washington defense has been better. There's no doubt, you know. But I, I just, again, I think so highly of this Bucks offense. You know, them having the nasty taste of losing to the Saints is not going to be good for, for Washington. You know, they're going to get back on track on that side of the ball. Brady's going to be on a mission. You know, and then I think also, too, you know, I mean uh, – I don't know what to think of the Washington offense. You know, it's just, as I've said a few times to people on talk radio and things like that, like Taylor Heineke's just good enough to get you beat on a weekly basis. But on this defense, and I, I think I read the Bucks are going to be a little bit more healthy in the secondary finally here. You know, I think the Bucks are going to get ready to make their little second half push here and start kicking some ass. Uh, you heard me say it, 35-20 Bucks. Yeah, I've got the same idea you do. I've got 38-24, but for all the reasons that you've said, I I think that that week off, it's a chance to adjust, to react, to adapt. What did we see last year? A different Buccaneers team out of the bye week. The bye was later, but still, I think the Bucs will be fine. 38-24, let's take a break. The late afternoon games, including the return of Russell Wilson and possibly the return of O'Aaron Rodgers. We'll discuss those next here on PFTPM and Chris Sims Unbuttoned, presented by Underworld. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, 
the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Welcome back to PFTPM and Chris Sims Unbuttoned, presented by Under Armour. Late afternoon, week 10. Let's get right to it. The Carolina Panthers and the Arizona Cardinals, a rematch of the 2015 NFC Championship game with not many similarities six years later between the two teams. The Cardinals are 10.5-point favorites at home with an over-under of 44. Chris, who you got? Well, I, the Panthers' defense can match up a little bit with the Cardinals' weaponry. They can with the speed at linebacker, the corners they got. You know, I, I could see them giving the Cardinals offense some issues. I, I definitely could. You know, you know, even with the Kyler Murray 100%, they got the right guys and even the way they play defense to kind of give issues there. But, like, ultimately, it just comes back to the same old story with the Carolina Panthers. I mean, what are you going to get from their offense? You know, I don't know. You know, I, I really don't. And that, that's where it's, it's just un, it's, it's not impressive. Like, again, another, you know, I know Sam Darnold's not playing this week and we got P.J. Walker, which I think is probably going to be a good thing because I think Sam Darnold's got to the point where, you know, yeah, he's in his own head. The team probably doesn't believe in him because of some of the dumb mistakes he has made. So I think it's actually going to be a positive thing. But the element you've heard me say, like, this is real now. You know, I thought it like two, three weeks ago. But now I know, like, their offense just doesn't have enough to offer in Carolina. It's, I mean, last week, there's some plays where I could show you, and I go, the, the Patriots knew the plays. The I mean, the DBs are running the routes for the, the Panthers players. They're running, they know exactly what's coming. Like, they're all over it. And that's where I have a hard time getting behind the Panthers in any shape, way, or form here. And I go Arizona 31-16. to Like I said, I think the Panthers' defense could kind of maybe get Arizona off to a slow start. But eventually the dam will break, and most you know most likely it'll be because of the offense and the the fact that the defense has to be out there so much. Uh, I, I agree uh, with you there. I just I the, the Panthers. Excuse me. They're meeting with Cam Newton. Uh oh. And Cam. You know, obviously, obviously they're done with Sam Darnold. They're done with That's Sam Darnold, done. just like they were done with Teddy Bridgewater. Right. And I. David Tepper is so desperate to get a franchise quarterback. He's willing to to see maybe they can coach Cam Newton into being a franchise quarterback. Who knows? But for now, I think the Arizona Cardinals 
Uh, and and I have picked against them like five straight weeks. I'm not doing it again. The Cardinals are getting it done. Now I yeah. was right a couple of weeks ago when the Packers beat them, but this time around I got 30 to 13. The Cardinals winning this game and continuing to establish themselves as arguably the best team in the NFC. And I don't know why we don't want to believe it. Is it because they don't have an intimidating logo on their helmet? It's a mildly perturbed garden bird. Like who? Can, like what about the Cardinals intimidates anyone? I love you them. Look They're at their very uniform. beautiful. They're very beautiful. I, and there's two different I, types, right? There's a Cardinal and then there's the Northeast Cardinal. Uh, which are also, they're both beautiful. Did you know that? I'm just giving you some knowledge of nature and animals. Yes. What's the difference between the Cardinal and the Northeast the Cardinal? The Northeast Cardinal has a little bit more of the, um, like the, the faux hawk in the middle. And then the Cardinal you'll see maybe around the rest of the country doesn't have that. It has a little bit more of the rounded head. All right. So, yep, you can go look that up. Trust me, I'm right. Um, so, so which one is on the Cardinals' helmet? I think it's the Northeast one. I think it is. I think which that's, makes absolutely no sense. No at all. sense they're in at Arizona. all. I mean, I know, but I guess when, maybe when they were in Chicago, maybe they were venturing over yeah, in that area in at some point, right? That's not the Northeast either. No, Pete. it's not. I, I understand, and I know. I'm not. <laughs> it's getting. We're getting closer to the region, though, at least. Um, yeah. But you're right. There, this is an interesting point, you know. And I, you know, I don't know. Um, Listen, I've said they're anyway. not the best team. I've been going like with the Rams. But the way, again, the Cardinals, the way they, they messed up the game against the Packers, in my opinion, I think you could clearly see they have more talent than the Packers. And then last week, to go on the road without your star quarterback and do what they did to the 49ers, I mean, I'm with you to your point what you're saying, Mike. It's, it's, they're, they're, they're the best team in football. They are. Uh, and I think we got to start giving them that respect. Yeah, absolutely. And we thought the Panthers were going to be pretty good. They started 3-0, and but it has not gone very well for them since then. Next up, Vikings at the Chargers. Minnesota's first trip to SoFi Stadium. The Chargers are three-point favorites. The last time the Vikings played at L.A. against the Chargers a couple of years ago, the Vikings fans overtook that soccer stadium. I don't know how it's going to go now because I think most Vikings fans have gotten to the point where they've had enough chargers three-point favorites 53 over under chris who do you like well to your point when new england played out there against the chargers two weeks ago i would say it was 70 30 new england fans to chargers fans it was a new england home game so uh that will be interesting i think this is gonna be a shoot uh, like a shootout i do you know this this to me first off i mean as you know i'm not trying to tell you anything you don't know your vikings defense is it's not that good it's not you know the chargers offense you know, it's a it's an average running football team that runs the ball enough just to continue to pass the ball the way the way they want to, and I you know with no great pass rusher on your team at this point, you know no great true cover guy, and I think a lot of Mike Zimmer. I just think the Chargers will march the ball up and down the field on the Vikings, and I think the other aspect, and then the, then the other aspect is, of course, the Chargers' run defense is an embarrassment. They're an embarrassment. So Dalvin Cook and company are going to go off in the run game. And then that, what we always know, leads to the Jefferson and Thielen going off with the boot and play action pass game. So I'm going Chargers in this one. Obviously, I'm going to pick them. Uh, but I'm, I'm going high scoring, and I'm going 35-28 Chargers. I've got 38-35 Chargers, and here's how it's going to go. The Vikings will be up 28 <laughs> to 21 fourth quarter. Maybe even more than that. Maybe it'll be 31-21. I don't know. Chargers will take the lead. 
Vikings will then try to win the game or force overtime or whatever, but inevitably, irrevocably, the Vikings lose again and fall to three and six to the Chargers in some sort of heartbreaking fashion, and Vikings fans continue to reside in hashtag purple purgatory. 38-35 is what I said, Pete. Yeah, but you're on the spread. Chargers. It's three. 38-35. Oh, crap. Yeah. 38-34? Or do you want to go? Uh, let's do 38-34. All right. Let's do 38-34. All right. Uh, he Eagles loves him not. at the Broncos. Yeah. Eagles <laughs> at the Broncos. There's been no he loves him this year. Eagles <laughs> at the Broncos. Denver, three-point favorites, 45.5 point over under. Chris, who you got? Well, there's another one I'll go upset alert. I, I I think this is an upset alert watch here. I do. You know, I mean, I guess I guess the thing, you know, I'm going to pick the Broncos to win the game. Um, I I guess what I look at is, you know, the, the Eagles pass defense. I mean, are they just going to get surgically destroyed every week now and let everybody throw for like a franchise record and completion percentage? I mean, that's what's scary. You know, I would think I'd probably pick the Eagles to win this game. I think they match up in a lot of ways to win it. But I can't get behind that. And I don't even think Teddy Bridgewater and that offense have necessarily all the plays to surgically destroy, you know, that defense, you know, eight, ten yards at a time. I don't. But it's just been bad. And I think the Broncos' offensive run game has got a little something going there. Uh, Jerry Judy being back, healthy, that's changed their offense a little bit. So I like that aspect. But I do worry, and what I will say is, you know, I, I, I still I, – or not still. I don't believe in the Broncos' ability to stop the run. And, you know, for the second week in a row, we've seen the Eagles kind of go all in on the run game. And I think that's their best play. I think that's where they stay close in the game, but ultimately I'm going 24-20 Broncos. I got the exact same score. Holy 24-20 Broncos. Exact same score. You can see it. It's there. I do. I see it. Um, and, but I don't feel good about this one because yeah. the Eagles could rise up. I like what Devontae Smith is doing. Definitely. I, I – well, we – you know, how much of a lift do the Broncos get to their season from beating the Cowboys? That's really the key. And does it give them a burst of confidence? Do they think they have a chance to win the division? This is a game they have to win if they want to be taken seriously in the AFC West. It's that simple. And they need to keep doing what worked. And Teddy Bridgewater, guy who just wants to get down the field and score touchdowns, doesn't care how, doesn't care what it looks like, just wants to get the team to the end zone. I just feel like this is an opportunity for the Broncos to really establish themselves as a team. It's not like a team's going to be a Super Bowl contender, but just be a playoff contender. And if you don't win this one, you're not a playoff contender, and it's that simple as far as I see it. Seahawks at the Packers. We know we'll see Russell Wilson. Will we see Aaron Rodgers? I think we will. Packers are three-and-a-half-point favorites, 49-and-a-half over-under. The Seahawks haven't won at Lambeau Field since 1999. Chris, who do you like? Yeah, I, listen, I, I don't know what it is about this one. You know, I, I don't know. I uh, This is another one where I would say upset alert, upset alert. Uh, I, I, I do look at it that way. I think the only thing that's probably going to scare me away ultimately is the fact that it's just been so long for Russell Wilson since he's been out there and played. All right, so I'm going to go Packers here, 23-20. I'm going to split the baby. But, you know, I think with the desperation of where the Seahawks are at, um, uh, you know, I, I, their defense kind of chaotic. What they do, I could imagine them, you know, slowing down the run game from the Packers a little bit and having a few little crazy coverages that take away Devonte Adams and kind of making 
Green Bay not look all that efficient on the offensive side of the ball. But I think eventually Rodgers and company will figure it out. You know, And I, I do think a lot of this Packers defense, they are good. They're really well coached. They really are. And, you know, Rashawn Gary has quietly become one of their best defensive players on their football team. And I think that's one thing I look at just on a week-to-week basis to go, wow, he's damn good. I know Kenny Clark got hurt last week. I, I don't know what the status is there. Uh, but ultimately, I just I got to pick the Packers here, but I just have a feeling it's going to be ugly. The Seahawks, like I said, desperate. And you said it today. They haven't won there in, what, 22 years or something like that? Yep. That's something that plays into a, a coach's mind and psychology, and he could sell that to his team. I mean, Pete Carroll himself has lost up there, I think, two or three times, right, over his career. So he'll want to do something a little different as well. Keep it close, but don't win the game. And you've got Russell Wilson coming back after five weeks away. How how, how ready will he be after yeah, not playing for right. that extended of a stretch? There's a 45% chance of snow on Sunday. Game time temperatures in the mid to upper 30s, so it's not like the snow would be, you know, sticking or anything like that, but it, it may be in the air and it may be cold. And it and I look, this is Aaron Rodgers coming back and taking out his frustration with everyone on the opponent. And I think that we're going to see a fantastic game from Aaron Rodgers. And that may be wishful thinking on my part. I love a good story. And a great story is Rodgers coming back after everything he's dealt with over the course of the last week and a half and having a great performance and helping the the Packers win and establishing his value. Even though he may not get many MVP votes, especially if they fall short of the one seed by virtue of the fact that he didn't play in the game, they lost to the Chiefs. Right. I think that he's going to have a huge game, and I think they win 28-21, and I think it's going to be fun to watch the Seahawks and the Packers get together, and who knows, maybe the Packers will have OBJ, I, yeah. although I think they won't. Uh, and I uh, wish they and would. Even, even at this – even at the, you know what? Even if he signs today, is he going to be ready to play? No, I mean, he'd be I mean, limited. I know he's been playing, yeah. but uh, yeah. It'd be limited. They'd probably only be able to use him in certain situations where things were simple and just, hey, we got this route here, this route there. Uh, I don't know why. There was a part of me that almost wanted to pick the Seahawks to upset and win this football game, um, but I just couldn't do it at the end of the day. So, uh, yeah, we're on the same page here. All right, primetime games with big division matchups in the AFC and NFC West. We'll do that next on PFTPM and Chris Sims Unbuttoned, presented by Underarm. Welcome back to PFTPM and Chris Sims Unbuttoned, presented by Under Armour. We have reached the point in the program where Chris has a message for you from our friends. At Under Armour. That's right. You know, they know how to protect our house, right? That's uh, what you always say. And whether they do, they protect our house. We're proud to have them as a sponsor. We are supported by Under Armour. And just like us, Under Armour wants to give you an edge. Not the kind of crappy edge Florio gave you in picking games last week, okay? Not that kind of edge. They are focused on performing better and taking their game to the next level. Everything from running shoes that propel you forward to hoop shoes that give you insane grip. Steph Curry, insane grip going off lately in the NBA, Mike. They even make hoodies that reflect energy. Please send me one of those hoodies. I need to reflect Florio's energy badly. Please send me one. We're not just about the end result, winning or glory. Under Armour is about the hard work, the dedication, the cycle of training, competing, and recovering. We give you advantages, but not shortcuts. The only way 
is through. Damn, I love a read when I can incorporate a few shots at you along with it and you can't butt in. Thank you, Under Armour, for that sponsorship. Woo! <laughs> Chris, I'm not going to say it. I was going to say something foul and vile. You can. Go uh, ahead. I think I it'll be no, good. No, I'm not going to. No, I don't want. I just, I feel bad for Kristen. I don't want her to have to. The clock is ticking. All right. Hey, he, well, I'll just he say. He who has said nothing about the amount of time we've been pissing away on this show is now all of a sudden concerned yep. about the remaining time that we have. Sunday Night Football, Chiefs, two and a half point favorites at the Las Vegas Raiders, over under 51 and a half. Could be a great game. Chris, who you got? Uh, I wish you would have said what you wanted to say. It's bothering me now. So fuck Pete and fuck you. Okay, there we go. Here we go. <laughs> all right, here we go. I can't get behind the Chiefs. What? I'm picking the Raiders, 27-20. I, well, wow. What? 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 Like, what is there to get behind with the Chiefs? Mahomes was bad last week. The offense was bad. If that the Raiders wasn't, were awesome. Well, yeah, they were more, more awesome in my opinion, honestly, even though they lost. I get that. If there's anybody other than a quarterback making his first start ever in a game, the Chiefs are going to lose last week, period. I don't know what else to say. As I told you today on PFT, it's the first time ever I felt like it was a game where they managed Mahomes. They were like, we don't know what he's going to do, what he's going to look at. Let's just manage him. Let's play the game to win 13-7. to Fine. That's it because, you know, we just don't know what to expect from him. And there's plays in that game again where I just go, I don't know what he's looking at. I don't know what he's doing. It's unbelievable. I've never seen a fall or a drop this severe from a great, great quarterback. Um, but, you know, hey, the Raiders, uh, their defense is always well coached. You know, it's not the most talented, but they know what to do. They're sound. There's a little splash of creativity every week. They can rush the passer a little bit, you know, so I look at that. And then I think, you know, of course, I don't think a lot of the Chiefs offense, but then the other side of the ball, Chiefs defense been playing better. You know, there's, there's definitely some encouraging things there. But I, the Raiders offense has a lot to offer. And I, I don't think the Chiefs, you know, schematically are as good as the Giants are last week. And I don't even think they're as good personnel-wise as the Giants on the defensive side of the ball. So it's like a double whammy. And Derek Carr, I don't think he's going to throw two dumb interceptions in this game to cost them again. You know, and then Deshaun Jackson adding to that, you know, the Raiders can run the ball, you know, pretty effectively. And, of course, their pass game, I think, has a lot to offer there. And now Deshaun Jackson's in it. So I'm going Raiders by seven. Booyah. Yeah, you know what? This is a pasta and meatballs one for me. This is a game where the Chiefs finally reestablish themselves. This is where the narrative gets busted. This Ooh. is where, for whatever reason, it comes together. And maybe it's the addition of Odell Beckham Jr., who quite possibly will be on the field in that game on Sunday night football playing for the Kansas City Chiefs. I and hope so. Who knows? Maybe doing something exciting on NBC while we watch the game. But I, I feel like this is just one of the, the – the rest of the division has screwed around enough to give the Chiefs an opening, and yeah. they're going to blast their way through it. And when we get to late December, early January, we're going to look back and say that was the moment the Chiefs – found their way out of the weeds. I still believe they can. If they can't do it in this spot in prime time on the road against the Raiders, then maybe they won't do it at all this year. So I got 31-24 Chiefs. We'll see what happens. Monday Night Football, Rams, four-point favorites at San Francisco. The 49ers have lost eight straight games at home. Over under 49. 
according to points bet, 93% of the spread money is on the Los Angeles Rams. Chris, who you got? Well, I'm going Rams too. I got it right on the dot here as far as the Rams winning by four. I do think this is a game, again, I would say like I put a little asterisk next to it to say upset alert. Yeah. Asterisk, Ray Asterisk. Asterisk. Excuse me. I didn't add that S in there. S in there. Um, I I do think there is something to that. You know, again, the 49ers offense, I don't – Jimmy Garoppolo played pretty good last week. He did. He threw an interception late in the game when they were down. It was bad. Yeah, okay. But it was late. They're trying to force the issue a little bit. You know, but Brandon Ayuk's fumble on the three-yard line, George Kittle catching a big pass, fumbling that ball. You know, they just find ways to shoot themselves in the foot. And a little like last week why I picked Arizona because I was just like, I got to see the 49ers win one of these games before I pick them. And I I just can't do that right now. I can't. I don't trust them. You know, I think their defense is a little too predictable. I do. You know, they're, they're, they're sound for the most part, you know, and I expect that. But you kind of know what to expect from them. And that, to me, is a little scary with McVay and the Rams. Like, I could see the 49ers stopping the run game and making the Rams, you know, pass one-dimensional type of game. But that they're different this year when it comes to that. And their defense isn't as creative as the Titans and doesn't have the pass rush the Titans have right now. Nick Bosa's not himself yet. So, you know, I'm going to go I'm going to go 28-23 Rams. I had 28-24, I'm going 28-23. I got 31-24 for all the reasons you've said. Look, the the, the Rams bounced back the last time they lost. They're going to bounce back. It's prime time. Yeah. And and the 49ers are wounded and I just feel like they can't get out of their own way. Seems like and it, right? It's going to continue. And and Kyle Shanahan's safe. I don't know about John Lynch, but Kyle Shanahan's safe and they'll put the pieces back together next year. That's where I feel like they are. Let's take a break. Best bets and Folsom Prison Blues pick when this joint Megapix podcast edition of PFTPM and Chris Sims Unbutton continues right after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. All right, let's wrap up this Joint Megapicks podcast. Best bets. Let's get right to it. Chris, you're up. All right, um, I'm doing this. I think it's maybe the first time I've done it all year. It might be the second, and I think I hit on the first time I did it. I'm taking the under in the Lions-Steelers game. I am. That's where I'm going to go. I could see that game being 20-10. to 10, You know, I'm picking it 23-13. to 13. I don't think it's going to be much more than that right there. I'm going with the under. I am going to go with... And and look, I 
I look at these scores, I I look at the spreads, and it just I get a gut feeling that that the spread isn't enough, and I feel like eight points isn't enough because I feel like the Cowboys are really going to do everything they can to reestablish themselves on Sunday after last week's performance. I, I like the Cowboys to cover giving eight to the Falcons, Christian. I, I, I get you there. I, I do. I, I guess I just, I just get scared of their defense uh, because uh, I, I'm with you. I was close to kind of picking a blowout score there too, so I hear you there. All right, my next one. We really got to move. I'm going Bucks. I'm going the Bucks. Cover Ooh, the spread. Given the, given the big points. Yeah. I, I'm i going to take the uh, Rams given four to the 49ers. I'm torn on my last one, but I like that one. You're up. Raiders. Going the Raiders. I mean, the Raiders are underdogs. I got They're going to win by seven. All right, I'm torn between the Jaguars getting 10 or the Packers giving three and a half. I think 10's too much. I'll take an underdog for a change, people. Jaguars getting 10. Going to Indy and not losing by 10 or more. That's mine. All right, Folsom Prison Blues, who's the lock this well, week? Well, you go. You give me yours first here. Let me hear yours. What do you I don't do? know. I don't know. I don't know. The, the Houston uh, Texans are playing, so it's tough. Yeah, the Texans aren't playing, <laughs> so we don't have one that jumps out. I'm going, um, Panther. I'm going say, Cardinals I'll, over Panthers. I'll ride the Bills again since they screwed us last week. Almost said the other word, but yep. uh, Kristen's already got to clean up enough of your trash from today. That's it. Thanks as always for some of your time. Enjoy the games. Do the opposite See of what ya. we suggest, and you'll win some money. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.